again to Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. We're talking about faith in the anointing. Faith in the anointing. I'm not going to go over a lot of stuff I went over last Wednesday, so you're going to have to get the CD. Hallelujah. For time's sake. Amen. So here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, he says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generation and now is made manifest to his saints. Manifest to who? Do I have any saints of God in the house? It says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ or the anointing in you, the hope of glory. We're talking about what? Faith in the anointing. And once again, the reason faith is so important is because the challenges that we will face in these last days, those without faith are going to need somebody with faith. Hopefully that's you. Amen. I'm glad one person said everybody else was mum. <laughs> I'm glad Miss Vincent, hopefully that's you, Miss Vincent. Because nobody else said that's going to be me too, so I guess you got it all. Amen. They're going to need you. Tell your neighbor they're going to need you. And that's not just non-Christians, but also other Christians that don't know what you know. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Once again, one man said that faith in these last days is going to be worth more than gold. Say it again. Faith in these last days is going to be worth more than gold. Let's look at 18, Luke chapter 18, verse 8 once again. Once again, if you have the red letter edition, this is Jesus talking. And he says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh and says, shall he find what? Shall he find what? Faith in the earth. So what is Jesus going to be looking for when he returns? He's going to be looking for what? Faith, amen, or people with faith. Also turn to Hebrews 12, chapter 2, chapter 12, verse 2 once again. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, where it says, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the what? The author and finisher of our faith, for who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, we know the word finisher means one who perfects it or one who develops it. Once again, the word finisher mean one who perfects it or one who what? Develops it. So it says here, our faith comes from Jesus, and he's responsible for helping us perfect it. Come on, say amen, somebody. He's responsible for helping us what? Develop our faith. Somebody say develop our faith. And that's why, once again, we talked about this last Wednesday. That's why intimacy with Jesus and the Holy Ghost is so important. Let me say it again. Intimacy with Jesus and the Holy Ghost are so important. Why? Because the Spirit of God will tell you to get up, er get up early in the morning and do what? Pray. And you may not feel like getting up. 
Amen. But get up anyway. Because he never tells you to get up without a purpose. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it takes spending time with God to get things from God. Sometimes he just wants you to get up in the middle of the night just to spend time with you. Because he didn't spend time with you during the day because you didn't think about him all day long. Because you was too busy. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. So it takes spending time with God to get things from God. And God wants what? He wants intimacy with us. And a lot of people, once again, have not developed their faith because why? Faith requires intimacy with God. Let me say it again. Faith requires intimacy with God. And you'll find if you're believing God for something, it makes you God conscious. Why? Faith draws you into God's presence, folks. And a lot of times, people don't get the results that they want to get in terms of music or in terms of what they want, amen, or their service. Because why? There is an intimacy that is required. Amen. Tell your neighbor, there is an intimacy that is required. Why? Tell your neighbor, that's part of growing up. Come on, that's part of what? Growing up. And God expects you to grow up sometime. Come on, are you with me out here? Once again, before we could bump, you know, God on the side and say, God, I need this and I need that. Amen. And you could do that when you were young in the Lord. But most of you in this room are not young in the Lord anymore, but sometimes we act like, still act like babies. Come on, say amen, somebody. God says as you get older and you start developing in the things of God, God wants you to get a little bit more mature than what you are. Okay, amen. Glory to God. And the question we asked, answered last week, why faith? Why faith? Why? Because the answer is the only way to fulfill your destiny is by faith. Let me say it again. The only way you are going to fulfill your destiny is going to be by, by, by faith. Well, tonight, amen, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. Like I said, I'm not going to go over a lot of the things that went over last week. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. Notice what it says here. God having provided some better things for us. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. God having provided some what? Better things for what? He has provided some better things for us. Try this side over here. This side is still kind of sleeping, especially that first row. He has provided some better things for us. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. See, listen to this. In every generation, there should be better. I'm say it again. In every generation, there should be what? Better. Think about it. Nowadays, they're making cars that you don't even need a driver. Even though I ran over somebody the other day. <laughs> but they're making cars. They're, they'll perfect that technology one day. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? The world knows that through innovation, they're going to keep the lead. Say it again. The world knows that through what? Innovation, they're always going to keep the lead. 
Why? You see, whoever innovates is the captain. Let me say it again. Whoever innovates is the what? Captain. This is why countries are trying to steal each other's secrets. Come on, y'all with me out there. See, innovation has a lot to do with dominion, folks. Those companies are busy what? Innovating. Innovating. Listen, whoever whoever innovates gets the money. Apple, think about it. Apple has something like $260 billion cash. $260 billion cash. You could buy nations with that. Are y'all with me out here? Innovative. iPhone 10X. Come on. They, I don't know what they're going to come up. You got the next generation of iPads. You got the MacBooks. Next generation of MacBooks. Come on. Say amen, somebody. What are they doing? Innovating. They're what? They're what? Innovating. Because why? They know if they stop, somebody is going to what? Catch up with them. And see, it says here, God has planned better things for us. Oh, yeah. It says here, God has planned better things for us. Better, listen, better revelation than our parents had. And if you are looking to develop your faith, understand this, revelation has to be there. Let me say it again. If you're looking to develop your faith, revelation has to be there. Let me say it one more time. If you're looking to develop your faith, revelation has to be there. But the question is, what is revelation? Revelation is seen. Revelation is... Revelation is... Revelation is, so we got to keep some people up. Genesis 13, 14. <laughs> Here's what God says. Genesis 13, chapter 13, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, he says, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, and eastward, and westward, for all the land which thou seest. All the land which thou what? Seest to thee will I what? Give it unto thy seed for what? Forever. He said, all that thou seest. Oh, you ain't hearing me. All that thou what? Seeth. And understand this. You don't see with your eyes, folks. It's right up here. It's right up here. See, you can close your eyes and you can see that new house. You can see that new car. You can see the lands that are supposed to be yours. Come on, say amen, somebody. And listen to me closely. The clearer the presentation, the faster your acceleration. 
Did you hear me? The clearer the presentation, the faster your acceleration towards it. Let me say it one more time. The clearer the presentation, the faster your acceleration towards it. Are you following me? Turn to Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. It says, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, see. It says, none went in, none came out, went out, none came in. But the Lord said unto Joshua, what? See. I have given into your hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor and you shall compass the city all your men of war and go around about the city once. Thou shalt do what? Six days. Now wait a minute here. He hadn't fought the battle yet. Come on. He hadn't gotten to Jericho yet. For him to get it, he must first have to You must see it before God can give it to you. Now let me say it again. You must see it before God can what? Give it to you. And you can. Tell your neighbor you can. Because all you have to do is get into that word and stay in that word until you can see it. But you got to get in the word. Tell your neighbor, you got to get in the word. See, when God shows you, always remember this. When God shows you, always remember a revelation will always bring revolution. A revelation will always bring what? Revolution. Because why? When you get revelation, you'll say, devil, that is mine. Get your hands off my stuff. Come on, say amen, somebody. And then you can say, no sickness that is not mine. Get your hands off my child. Get your hands off my wife. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I'm telling you, once you can see it, once you can see it, God can deliver it. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Some of you are not going to leave out here the same way you came in. Mark 5, 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather what? Grew worse. And when she heard, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the what? Pressed behind, did what? And touched his garment, for she said, If I may what? Touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Let me say this what we said last week. Nobody can stop you from having what you're seeing and what you're saying. 
And again, nobody can stop you from having what you're seeing and what you're saying. Let me say it one more time. Get it. No one can stop you from having what you're seeing and what you're what saying. See, in a natural, that doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? No. But look at verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the presence and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and what? Trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy what? Thy what? Faith has made thee what? Ho, go in peace. And be whole of that what? Plague. Now in verse 30, you don't have to go back there on the screen, but in verse 30, Jesus said immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Come on, look at this now. What flowed out of Jesus? Virtue. What else? Power. Somebody say power. What's, a name for, what's another name for power? The anointing. Somebody say anointing. Matter of fact, look at Luke chapter 4 verse 18. When Jesus announced his ministry, he said here in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, that the Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. Because he has what? Because he has what? Because he has what? Anointed me to what? Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set in liberty then under the bruise, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book. He gave it again to the minister. He sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were what? Fastened on him. And then it says, he began to say unto them, this day, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? But understand this. Jesus came. Listen, he came not as God. He came not as God. He came as a man. Somebody say came as a man. Matter of fact, Paul calls him what? The last Adam. Amen. He came as a man anointed by God for the work God called him to do. Say it again. He came as a man anointed by God to do what? To do the work that God called him to, what? to do. Now, we know the scriptures have prophesied about him and how in Isaiah 10, 27, amen, if you turn there quickly. Isaiah 10, 27, we know the scriptures prophesied about him, you know, not by might nor by power, by your spirit. And here in Isaiah 10, 27, it said, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be what? Taken away from off thy shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the what? The anointing. But this anointing, this anointing is the empowerment of the spirit for supernatural accomplishments. Amen. Say it again. This anointing is the what? Is the empowerment of the spirit 
for supernatural accomplishments. Did you get that? The anointing is for what? It's the what? It's the empowerment of the Spirit for supernatural what? Accomplishment. It's the Holy Spirit producing extraordinary results through an individual. Say it again. It's the Holy Spirit producing what? Extraordinary what? Results through an individual. But look at the things Jesus did. He did what? He healed the sick. He caused the blind eyes to open. He made the lame to walk. He cleansed the lepers. Come on. He raised the dead. Come on, all y'all with me out here. Even in Matthew 15, 29, it says, And Jesus departed from thence, came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee, went up into the mouth, and he sat down there, and the great multitudes came unto him, having what? With them those that were what? They were what? Lame, blind, dumb, and maimed. He said maimed. These were people, guess what, were missing arms and missing legs. Come on, missing limbs. Come on, you with me out here. And said many others, and they cast them down at Jesus' feet. And what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He healed them. Well, he did all these things, but look at John 14.10. He did all these things, right? But look at John 14.10. John 14.10 says, Believe it thou... That I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that what? Father that what? Dwelleth where? In me. Who does the work? He doeth the works. Well, who's doing the work? Who's doing the work? Who's doing the work? What's it say there? It says the Father. That wasn't a hard quiz, you know. <laughs> Come on. It was a father? It was a father, right? Now, Jesus is saying, he said, I'm not doing this. It's not me that's doing this. He said, it's the father that dwelleth in me. He is what? Doing the work. Now, look at John 14, 12. Look at verse 12. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going to my Father. So in other words, he's saying, you're not only going to do what he did, but you're going to do what? Greater works. Somebody say greater works. Come on, somebody say greater work. Come on, say, I'm going to do greater works. Say it like me. Say, I'm going to do greater works. Now, if you look in the Old Testament, go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. Say, I'm going to do greater works. 2 Kings chapter 2, look at verse 12. And it says, and Elisha saw it. Elisha what? Saw it. And he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah. Took up, up, took up what? The what? The mantle of who? Elijah that fell from him. And went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah. 
that fell from him, and he smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elisha? And when he also had smitten the waters, what happened? They parted him and did them what? And Elisha went over. Are you with me out here? But notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, where is Elisha? He didn't say, where is what? Elijah. Because why? He knew it wasn't Elijah doing it. It was the mantle on Elijah. It was a what? It was a mantle on who? And sometimes, listen to me now, sometimes people think that when a man or woman of God comes to preach, they can't hear as good of a message as Bishop Butler, Kenneth Copeland, or Billy Brim. And what you have to understand is this. It's not them that's preaching. It was the anointing on Papa Hagen. It was the anointing on Oral Roberts. Come on, say amen, buddy. And that same anointing, God can pick it out and put it on anybody. Are you with me out there? Why? See, because God's people have been carnal, they've been looking at the man. Say it again. Because God's people have been carnal, they've been looking at the man, his color. He has a deep voice. He's an eloquent speaker. And you need to stop all that. Tell your neighbor, you need to stop all that. Why? Because the season you're about to go into, you cannot afford that. Why? Because it's the anointing. Somebody say it's the anointing. And see, understand this. If 